When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode two, and we're recording on Monday, June 19th. I'm Katie McLean, along with Rincey Abraham, and we're coming to you from Book Riot. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm doing quite well. It's beautiful outside right now. Of course, it's been like storming, but it's over now, it seems like. I was going to say, did you guys, did you get as much rain as we did up north a little bit because it was kind of monsooning oh it wasn't quite as bad in like i work in the city so it wasn't quite as bad we kind of had like a storm like roll through but it was just briefly uh and it was luckily while i was still inside it was supposed there was a chance that it was going to downpour like while i was getting home which the last time that happened which i think was like last week i came home like literally drenched Mm -hmm. uh, because i like walk a significant portion of my commute so that was fun so luckily that didn't happen again yay yay (laughs) staying dry yeah right i give it two thumbs up (laughs) yeah i'm a fan as well Um, so yeah, we just wanted to start off by saying thanks to everyone who has, you know, listened. We've gotten a lot of really great feedback uh, so far in the first episode, and we're really grateful that everyone's listening and everyone's enjoying, and hopefully you'll continue to in- listen and enjoy as well. Um, people have been sending in sort of like suggestions or things that they'd like to hear, and that's actually sort of uh, the topic that we've chosen for this first episode came from someone who... Uh, in the Book Riot Insider Slack, I believe, uh, gave us a suggestion for something to talk about. And we figured it would be a pretty good way to start off a relatively new mystery thriller podcast. All right. Yes. So um, let's see, you want to do our first sponsor and then we'll tell you what the big surprise <laughs> the big surprise topic is. <laughs> yeah. Making it sound all, sound all you know, I mean, mysterious. it is a mystery podcast. So, you know, you got to build that suspense in, right? <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it. All right. So the first sponsor for this episode is The Outliers by Kimberly McCrate. Uh, if you recognize that name, it's because she is the best-selling author of Reconstructing Amelia. And this is her new spine-tingling teen series that starts with one text. Please, Wiley, I need your help. Uh, Wiley hasn't heard from Cassie in over a week, not since their last fight, but that doesn't matter. Cassie's in trouble, so Wiley decides to do what she has done so many times before, save her best friend from herself, but this time is different. Best-selling author Kimberly McCrae brilliantly takes you on a journey where nothing is as it seems and in a world of intrigue, betrayal, and deeply buried secrets. It's vital to trust your instincts. So go to KimberlyMcCrae.com to learn more, and that is The Outliers. Okay. So, uh, yeah, for this episode, like um, like Rincey said, someone who is on the uh, Book Riot Insiders app, um, or book the Insider Slack, I'm sorry, my brain came unplugged for a second, <laughs> um, they, uh, they suggested, um, you know, kind of a discussion about mystery versus suspense versus thriller, like, you know, we kind of use these words interchangeably, but they kind of mean different things to different people. Yeah. And so we we kind of thought that this would be uh, this would be a good way to in to 
you know, kick off one of the early episodes where we can just kind of, you know, hash out what what is the difference between these, and then of course, you know, pass along some of our uh, some book recommendations that we think fits within each within each category. So. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. And especially because like prepping for this episode, I feel like I keep changing my mind about what these words mean. I like even did a little bit of Googling because I was like, what do other people say that it means? Because it's like you said, we use these words interchangeably. And sometimes we call books like mystery thrillers or suspense thrillers. And so like they do get combined quite a bit. And obviously books don't always neatly fit into each genre uh, in terms of any genre but I think it would just be kind of fun to talk about sort of what these these definitions mean to us yeah and I'm actually I'm coming from it honestly from the exact opposite perspective because since I work in a library and I do mostly readers advisory um, I've I've done you know I actually a couple years ago I'm part of a um, kind of a roundtable, a professional group of uh, readers' advisory librarians, and we did a two-year uh, genre study on crime fiction. Oh, wow. So, and librarians really like to have everything nicely categorized and, you know, kind of fitting into, the, you know, these nice spots. They're able to identify everything. So, like, I've, you know, for several years, I've as I've been kind of teaching myself readers' advisory, I've had, you know, kind of these specific genre definitions and these genre classifications and elements for each genre, I've kind of had them like melded into my brain. So I, you know, I have like very distinct ideas of what constitutes a mystery versus suspense versus thriller. But at the same time, like you said, like it can, you know, there's a lot of overlap. And so the people who come into the library, if they, you know, they may use the word thriller, but it may mean something totally different than what I than like the quote unquote professional definition or the one that we the like librarians tend to use. So I'm trying to like it's yeah it's an it's an interesting definition because even if you think you have a handle on it, not everyone kind of uses the same definition. Yeah. So, um. So yeah, this this will be interesting. Um. So we're kicking off with um mysteries since that's kind of. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of the umbrella term. Yeah. That I everything th- just kind of falls underneath it. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, mystery is sort of like the big thing. And you could basically say suspense and thriller are kind of subgenres under it. But at the same time, I feel like there are plenty of books that are just straight mysteries. Like there's nothing more like you wouldn't call them a thriller. You wouldn't really call them suspenseful. They're just straight mystery books. Yeah. Um, when the the, the definition that we that we were taught was that like mysteries focus on the puzzle on the the problem you know the there's the detective or the you know the investigator the private eye the random person who you know whose food killed someone and so now they have to figure (laughs) out what's going on um whoever that whoever that person is like the story revolves around the yeah the, the puzzle the you know finding out what happened um yeah yeah basically i'm I'm sorry my my brain is like three steps in front or behind of my mouth so (laughs) please bear with me no you're fine i mean that's exactly what i think of as a mystery as well coming from someone who has no uh formal education in this that's basically how i came to uh define mysteries in my own head as well is there some sort of like puzzle there's it's like that idea of like a whodunit putting together the pieces getting 
investigating things and finding clues along the way and sort of putting all the pieces together to see like what the final conclusion is going to be. Um, and I, I think sort of like the classic version is like an Agatha Christie or something like that is like sort of the big like name that everyone would recognize as being sort of a mystery even though some of her books you might say are slightly suspenseful but I would say like overall she would fit pretty well into mystery yeah no I definitely agree um and there I feel and there's there's a you know just a host of especially these older writers that kind of fall into that you know that classic mystery that you kind of that you kind of think of um like uh dashiell hammett and the maltese falcon yeah and like you know those old those old old school private detectives in the the old noir uh novels where you know the you have the the detective with the with the trench coat and the fedora and they've yeah. got the you know they've got the dark uh city office and mm-hmm. you know um there's I, there's a definite you know feel to them and then you know as you get more modern mysteries have also just kind of branched out into so many subgenres that yeah. like you know, and subgenres within the subgenres. Like, if you talk about cozy mysteries, holy cow, there are so many different kinds of subgenres, you know, depending on, you know, your favorite animal or your favorite hobby. Yeah. Or, you know, you've got quilting and scrapbooking and libraries and books and cats and soap making. I think there was an organic soup uh, making <laughs> cozy mystery series. No, I'm dead serious. I don't remember oh, yeah. the name of it, but, or maybe it was organic soap. I can't but, remember. But, yeah, maybe organic soap sounds like. <laughs> like either way though that sounds i we like you really we probably will do an entire episode on cozy mysteries at some point but i feel like now that we know there's a potentially organic soup slash soap mystery series out there we really need to do one oh gosh now i'm thinking of like organic soup made with organic soap and now i'm just like oh that's disgusting (laughs) oh man that that's a potential show title there anyways (laughs) All right. Uh, so uh, just to jump into, I feel like this is the most straightforward one, so we don't have to spend too much time sort of hashing out the details. Like everyone who's listening to this probably has a pretty good idea of what we mean by mystery book. So uh, just to jump into maybe like some of the recommendations that we have for it. Uh, the author that I picked was Attica Locke because I love Attica Locke mm-hmm. and I think everyone should read her books. Uh, I think she's, I still feel like she's a really underrated writer, even though she's, you know, gained some notoriety. She's like one Edgar awards or at least has been nominated i don't remember mm-hmm. if she actually won them um and she's like writing for empire which is clearly a very big deal but i feel like which i totally did not know until oh, really? i saw the promo for her new book for her new book and i was like wait she writes for empire seriously yeah i only know it because i used to follow her on twitter but then she started like live tweeting like episodes of empire and i was like oh i love you but i can't handle like people live tweeting television shows because it fills up my feed way too much <laughs> So that's that's how I found out that she wrote for Empire. Anyways, um, if you haven't heard of her, uh, she has uh, three books that are currently out. She has one more coming out in the fall, which I'm very, very excited for. Um, the first two books, well, two of the books are part of like the Jay Porter series. It follows this lawyer named Jay Porter. Uh, the first book was called Blackwater Rising, and the second one is uh, the sequel is called Pleasantville. They take place in Texas, um, and like I said, it follows a lawyer who is basically solving some sort of mystery of some um and then the other one that she came out with is completely separate standalone called cutting season um that one takes place i believe in new orleans uh and it 
uh, basically it, it's my favorite of hers. It takes place on a plantation or in modern day, what mm-hmm. used to be a plantation. And one of the workers who works like on the landscaping is found dead in the front lawn. And so it uh, basically is about solving what happened to this person. Um, Etika Locke is a black woman. And so she does a really great job of talking about race relations as well in her books without it being like super heavy handed in any sort of way because like obviously being a black person in Texas or a black person uh, in New Orleans and having to deal with things like former plantations like it's going to create some tensions there and I think she does a really great job of discussing what it's like for black people uh, dealing with crimes and dealing with you know police officers and all of the tension that might be there without it being like preachy or anything like that or it feeling like it doesn't belong in the story she makes it all work so well while it's still being like a really straightforward mystery book yeah no i i totally agree and i I was so happy to see that you had picked her because i read um cutting seasons um that was that's my the only one that I've read of her so far, I read it um, a couple months ago, and I just fell in love with it. It's yeah. exactly like you said. It's just she weaves so many different layers into this story so effortlessly. It's just this really rich, um, yeah, really rich story. And also, like, I don't – I'm not one of those people who, you know, really read for setting. Like, you know, I don't need a place to – I don't need the setting to be – very, you know, to be really, really strong in order to enjoy a series. But she did such a magnificent job describing Louisiana in cutting yes. seasons. I felt like I was just like in the heart of the Louisiana swampland. I thought she just did a magnificent job with that. Yeah, um, I think that's part of the reason why I like cutting season also more than the Jay Porter books because the Jay Porter books, I believe, take place. It's like in a major city in Texas. It's either Dallas or Houston. I can't remember which one. Um, I want to say Houston. But I feel like New Orleans has so much more character to it just as like a real city. And she really like brings that to the book as well. Yeah, she she really did. So if you're uh, if you're from New Orleans or if you happen to love New Orleans like I do. Uh, yeah, I, I love I love that book so much. And I'm really excited for her new one that's coming out. It seems like I mean, it's, I think that one, is that one set in Texas as well? I think it is set in Texas as well. Yeah, it, um, but it seems like it's going to be, you know, kind of like a gritty uh, mystery, but still with those kind of, with those racial tensions affecting the mystery and how the characters react and stuff. So I'm I'm really excited for that one. Yeah, me too. Um, okay, so my pick, it's, I, I'm not, this is not cheating, I'm gonna just say it right now, it's not cheating, I picked the, um, Robert Galbraith, uh, mysteries, all three of them, um, and Robert Galbraith is the pseudonym for the one and only J.K. Rowling, um, and... The the three books in the series, they all follow the same private detective, Cormoran Strike. Uh, first book is uh, The Cuckoo's Calling. Second one is The Silkworm. And the third one is Career of Evil. Um, but yeah, they, they're in a series. They're definitely meant to be read in a series because they all yeah. connect really fluidly with each other. Um, but Cormoran Strike is the, like I said, he's the private eye. Um, he was in the uh, British Army, I believe. He's he has a history of military service, and he was uh, wounded um, in Afghanistan. And he comes back, and so he has um, has an amputated leg, and so he that actually you know really can come into play with how he you know goes about solving these mysteries. 
mysteries because it's a very physical handicap. And so I think she does a really interesting job of incorporating that into into the actual story. Like, how would this affect someone? Like, he has to, you know, talk to these people, um, but he also doesn't, he's, you know, very poor. He um, he doesn't get a lot of business. He lives in his office. Um, and so he doesn't have a lot of money for, you know, transportation. So he's got to, you know, kind of got to get around um, with this, um, you know, with this issue. And so I thought she did a really interesting job with that. But anyway, um, so he has, um, so he gets these cases brought to his door. And then in the first book, he takes on a, um, he takes on an assistant uh, named Robin, who she's uh, sent to his office by uh, a temp agency. And she ends up being like the greatest person who could have ever worked for him. Um, I don't know. Have you have you read the yeah. Robert Galbraith ones? Okay, can I just say how much I love Robin? I love Robin. That was literally what was in my head to comment on while yeah, I you were love talking Robin. about this. <laughs> she is such an amazing character. She's yes. not like she's real. She's whip smart, um, and she's very organized. And she, you know, she. I love how her character, like, she slowly learns more and more about being a detective and solving mysteries by, you know, basically, like, shadowing him and helping him, you know, do research and solve some of these cases. And she really learns to, you know, she grows as a person and she makes mistakes. Some are not so crucial. Some some are more crucial. And so she has to, you know learn to learn to deal with these with these mistakes that she makes and there's so much um one of the things that i love about jk rowling's writing in general and especially with these books um just the relationships between the characters are so interesting and so strong whether it's between cormoran and robin or robin and her fiance or cormoran and the people that he is interviewing um or following, so to speak. Um, the series as a whole is just just magnificent. They're fantastic on audio if you if you like audiobooks. Um, and then the the first book, um, the general plot of uh, the Cuckoo's Calling is there's a supermodel who um, is found dead from an apparent suicide. It looks like I think she jumped off of her balcony or something like that. Um, but then her brother comes to Cormoran and says, um, "Hey, I don't think the that she actually killed herself. And so he has to, he's talking to these people who might have known the, the woman. Um, and he gets kind of pulled into this glitzy, glamorous lifestyle with, you know, musicians and pop stars and music producers and more supermodels and fashion designers. And it's like, part of it's really glitzy and the other part is like really gritty and it's it's just such an interesting mix and it's and it's a really really solid smart mystery to boot um i will give one caveat that if you progress through the series i know not everyone is into as into dark and disturbing things as i am the first book is pretty is you know, pretty tame. It's a really interesting mystery. Most people, you know, they really enjoyed that. The books get progressively darker. Um, So the Silkworm can, it has some gruesome moments in it. And then Career of Evil is really intense. Um, It's a, I think it's my favorite out of the three. Um, But it is, but yeah, it's definitely 
third, yeah, career of evil, would, I think, would have to come with a couple of trigger warnings. Yeah, no, completely agree. I think I was very surprised when I was reading it because I was the person who, so when it first came out that uh, Robert Galbraith was J.K. Rowling, I literally drove to my Barnes & Noble that's like 10 minutes away from me and bought it because I saw <laughs> they had it in stock. So ever since then, like these are books that I buy day of release mm-hmm. and read immediately. Yeah, And I was not prepared for career of evil at all like the how dark it got um because it like i feel like between like one to two like it does get darker but like you said it's not like crazy out there like it sort of just stays in the realm of like mystery Mm -hmm. i feel like the third one gets pretty significantly dark and it does require like if you're one of those people who can't handle a significant amount of like violence or darkness in your books and yeah or the- uh children in peril oh uh, yeah it just yeah it, it i don't know it's, it's gonna be interesting because she's writing another one or there's going to be i think next year it's supposed to come out not um, soon enough i know that <laughs> yeah he's right <laughs> So uh, I'm really interested to see, especially, well, uh, the other reason why I love these books is because like you, we were talking about, the characters are so, so great. Um, And so it's going to be interesting to see what she does with these characters in the next one. No spoilers, but there's some interesting stuff that happens in the third book for sure. I know. I know. I I think I know exactly what you're talking about. And I'm like, okay, how is this going to end up? Like, (laughs) how is this going to turn out? Um, But yeah, if you... It's it's funny because it is a you know it's a departure from Harry Potter, but the the writing style is still just as compelling. Like yeah, I'm, after I I think it was like the second or third one, I was like, she's done it again. She's hooked me completely. Like yeah, yeah I'm the same way. As soon as the fourth one, uh, as soon as the fourth one comes out, I'm actually I'll probably have it pre ordered as soon as it, as soon as you know there's a as date. soon as it's announced, pretty yeah. much. So yeah, it'll probably be one of those. I have to take a day off of work and you know stay up all night and read read my book and. Yeah, not talk right? to anyone until I finish it. But um, <laughs> it's like it's basically like being an adult with like, it's like the Harry Potter books. Like we used to like you know stay up till midnight, get the book, and release day, and then not talk to anyone for a day so we could read it. Mm-hmm. I'm basically doing the same thing now with the Robert Galbraith books. Yes. Um, and then one last point before we move on. I promise this is the last one. Um, I don't know about you, but one of my friends and I, when we we both read the books, and when. Whenever we're picturing Cormoran Strike in our heads, we keep picturing like a modern, slightly less hairy, sexy Hagrid. <laughs> I definitely do not, but now okay. I feel like I'm going to. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry for putting that image in your head, but my friend and I, we were just like, I keep picturing Hagrid. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's from me listening to the audiobooks and hearing the narrator do his voice that reminds maybe. me a little of Hagrid or something. But she talks about how he's, you know, he's got this dark hair and he's kind of, I think he's kind of supposed to be kind of like a bigger guy. Yeah. And so I'm just like, Hagrid, is this what happened <laughs> when you left Hogwarts? Like, really? <laughs> So, oh my gosh, that's fantastic. Yeah, so hopefully if you haven't read them yet, I do apologize if you can't get that image out of your head, but that was that was how I pictured it. So apolo- <laughs> apologies if I've ruined anyone. All right. Well. Okay, on that note, let's talk about suspense. Yeah, so suspense is the one that I personally have the hardest time defining because I feel like to me suspense and thrillers are very closely intertwined, but obviously thriller like i feel like for me suspense is a sort of i know it when i see it sort of thing like when i'm reading a book i can tell this is a suspense book versus a thriller uh it's hard for me to sort of like put into words what it's supposed to mean so i i'd love to hear like sort of what the professional definition is so to speak and again i'm, I'm doing professional definition in quotes because yes. like i said librarians use it but it 
sometimes it does half the time it doesn't even matter because the person you're trying to help does not use the same definition at all. Right. Um, it's just helpful for librarians. Um, I someone um, I don't remember who, but someone a librarian described they actually described the differences between mystery, suspense, and thriller like this, and I and I was just like, oh my gosh, that is like that's fantastic. Mystery is about what did what happened trying to figure out what happened suspense is about what could happen Hmm. and thrillers are about what's going to happen next ah that's good yeah i i heard that and i'm like that's brilliant um but i always and it's hard for me because they're like when it comes to suspense and especially psychological suspense which i'll touch on a little bit more uh in a few minutes but um, there can, there can be a lot of overlap with horror in this area, I feel like, mm. um, because a lot of suspense novels, that's where you get like your stalkers, your serial killers, yeah. you know, the person, you know, is kind of going about their business, not realizing that, you know, someone's following them. Um, one thing that, uh, that happens in a lot of suspense novels too is that you get the perspective from both the main character and the villain. Like mm. you kind of get those dueling, you know, those dueling perspectives. And so some of the suspense is like, when are they going to meet? Like yeah. when are these two storylines going to going to cross? Um, but it's it's for me, it's about like the not quite knowing what's going to happen, yeah. and just kind of that that feeling of tension or anxiety that can sometimes feel like fear again, making it, you know, a lot of crossover with horror. Um, but that's kind of how I define it. But again, you can have, you know, very suspenseful mysteries or, you know, the, I mean, suspense is kind of like the feeling of suspense is, you know, you kind of have to have that for mysteries, suspense yeah. novels and thrillers. So it's, it. I feel like it's like the center of like a Venn diagram somehow. <laughs> Yeah, no, that makes sense. Because, like, in my head, the way I, d like, think about suspense books, like, if I'm saying a purely suspense book, like, not a mystery suspense or thriller suspense, like, there's that tension in a book um, without it being about the puzzle, so it's not a mystery. And it has that tension without it being necessarily, like, a really plot-driven, fast-paced sort of read. Not that suspense books aren't like page turners but i feel like there's like more of like a slow build or like a slow burn mm -hmm, sort that was of exactly feeling. the phrase i was going to use yep yeah so i feel like that's sort of that's why i say like it's more of a i know it when i read it sort of situation because you don't really know on the outside like starting a book whether or not it's going to be a suspense book versus a suspense thriller or like a suspense mystery because like mysteries it's very clear like you can make it plain on like a flap uh or like the synopsis that it's a mystery book and i feel like even with thrillers there are certain like words that you can use to make it clear that it's a thriller mm -hmm. but with suspense it's sort of like harder to define those books because people are like well it's suspenseful but it's not necessarily fast-paced or anything like that so mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and then you have kind of the subgenre of suspense. Well, there's romantic suspense where you get you know the kind of the romantic relationship involved with the you know the suspenseful plot. Um, but then there's also psychological suspense, which is huge right now. Yes, um, so big. Which I I mean that is my you know if I'm not reading horror, I'm probably reading psychological suspense. Mm. Um, but I 
that I define that more as like, you know, kind of that, that same buildup of tension. But this time I, I'm like, the villain is either yourself or someone very close to you. Mm-hmm. Like that, like, it's all like a lot of it. This is happening in the mind. You're not quite sure who to trust. You're not quite sure if you can believe your memories. Um, you can't, you're not sure if you can trust the people around you. Um, and these also tend to be, you know, darker i feel especially yeah if you're getting into the inner workings of the brain some weird stuff can happen that's Um, for sure (laughs) um so yeah and then uh, i mean we've we've got so many psychological suspense novels out right now that i i can't even i can't keep track anymore it used to be easy to be like oh you know i read this one and then all this new one come out now there's like a dozen that comes out every month so yeah i was gonna say if psychological suspense is your jam you are in a great reading era because there's Mm -hmm. you have plenty of reading material yeah one of the ones this wasn't like my official suspense pick (laughs) as as if they're official in any sort of way but uh one of the ones i was thinking about talking about is the one that i recently read i believe i talked about in the last episode was behind her eyes by sarah pinnenbro oh my gosh i love that book yeah right but that one is also more psychological suspense than oh yeah so oh, that, like yeah. that's the reason why I didn't pick it as like my pick for that book. But yeah, that book was crazy. But it was that thing where it was just like this building pressure throughout the entire book and you're just like I had no idea how it was going to end when it was all said and done. Like I had a general idea, but the way it ends, I was like, "Well, wasn't prepared for that." So, yeah. I I love that book. I love the ending. No yeah. spoilers, but yeah. I love that ending so much. Um <laughs> So, okay, so how about, so tell us about your official suspense pick. Yeah, so the one I officially went with, (laughs) that's going to sound insane to me now, uh, it was Shutter Island by Dennis Lehane. And the reason why I picked this one is because uh, I'm sure plenty of people know this story now because it was made into the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, which was surprisingly very well done. Um, It's like has... It's about these two, I believe they're both like police officers or FBI agents. I don't remember exactly. What yeah, I think they're like some kind of federal agent or something like that or yeah, Secret Service or something like that. Uh, they get brought to what is basically like an insane asylum uh, because someone has like disappeared. Um, and so I feel like just setting something in an insane asylum already makes it a suspense book because you already know like things are slightly off. Like you can't really trust Uh, The characters or like the people who are there, even if they're not, even if they're just working there, like you can't really know if what the information that you're getting is true or not or like what people are hiding and things like that. And I think especially I think Dennis Lehane is really good at suspense. Mm -hmm. Um, His books aren't necessarily always like page turners for me personally, but I feel like there's he's really good at building that pressure and building that uncertainty and sort of making you wonder uh how it's all gonna end like i was talking about before it's sort of he creates that um sort of gray area where you're not really sure if what you're reading is true or not or real or not or how uh the perspectives might be altered and things like that so that's why i picked shutter island yeah no great great pick i really like dennis lehane um mystic river is also amazing yes amazing book and amazing movie um yes. i really like both of those um so my pick um for this i went the definitely the psychological suspense route um i picked sharp objects by gillian flynn um yes. who 
uh, she, I mean, she's most famous for Gone Girl. Um, but before Gone Girl, her first book was Sharp Objects. And holy cow, this is a nasty little book. And I love it so much. It is so dark and sharp and twisted. Um, and I think it's also an interesting blend of mystery and psychological suspense, because the main character is a journalist who has to return home um, to her hometown in Missouri, because um, they get... Um, they get a lead on uh, two uh, preteen girls that have been brutally murdered. Um, and so she is sent to investigate, but in doing so, she has to, uh, she has to, you know, re reunite with her family, which if you want to talk about dysfunction, like her oh, family's man, like, yes. her family is like the definition of dysfunction. Yes. Um, and so she learns more about the mystery, but then she also learns more about her family and how they operate. And then the more she learns, just the darker and darker it gets. Um, this is one, if you're not sure if you're into dark and twisted, I would, if you're hesitant or if you tend to go to, eh, I'm not really into this. As much as I want everyone in the world to read Sharp Objects, this may not be the book for you. <laughs> I'm yeah. just saying. But if, I think this one is even darker than Gone Girl. A, but yeah, um, I I would agree. Like Gone Girl, I feel is more conventional suspense. Yeah. Um, this this book is like nasty. Like, it's real twisted. Yeah. Um, but and it definitely, if you want to talk about psychological insight, really goes into psychological issues like actual psychological uh illnesses and conditions and stuff and it's uh yeah it's it is a it's a nasty little book um but i i do love it to pieces because that is i guess i am just dark and twisted at heart but <laughs> um but yeah if you if you kind of if you fall along those lines if you like dark suspense um and you have not read sharp objects by gillian flynn yet definitely pick that one up yeah, I I was very surprised because I get I was one of those people who didn't know Gillian Flynn until Gone Girl. Um, but then once I read Gone Girl, I read Sharp Objects, and it really it surprised me. Even from that, it, I was like, "Whoa, this is even harder to re- get through." Not harder, but like it's so much more like of a mind foxing as like Liberty <laughs> and Rebecca <laughs> like to say on their show than I was prepared for. Yeah, that that's a good that's a good term for it. Yep. <laughs> All right, and so okay, so now we move on to the last the last one that we are including, or the last one we have time for, thrillers. I love thrillers, um, but I think that's just because they're so addicting. So mm-hmm. and it's like the it, to me, it's like the ultimate like summer vacation read because. They're page turners. They cook you from the beginning and they're just, yeah, so much fun to read. Yep, I agree. Um, For thrillers, um, I always like the way I picture kind of a typical thriller setup is that you have this, you know, kind of average person. I mean, they may they're usually involved with a specific profession like politics or medicine or they're a lawyer or they work in finance um and then they're put into this kind of high stakes life or death situation and then they have to you know kind of fight their way out and then there are all these you know kind of i picture like the shadowy organizations you know with the (laughs) you know with the with the uh 
uh, with the big bad CEOs and the you know the nefarious people behind the scenes that are you know making uh, making and bad things happen and and they're always secretly connected to like a drug trade or something like that. Yeah, yeah. There's always yeah. There's always some kind or like some kind of money laundering going on. There's always yeah. or the mafia or. Yeah. There's yeah, there's some high stakes stuff going on um, in these books, and these are also really big. If you like, if you're interested in subgenres, like I said, you know, if you like political thrillers, there's a bunch of authors for you. If you like legal thrillers, you've got John Grisham, and then everyone else, and then you've yeah. got <laughs> yeah, and then you've got financial, you know, like corporate Wall Street CEO type of thrillers, and then uh, or medical thrillers. Um, some people talk about supernatural thrillers. I'm like, well, at that point, we're kind of entering into horror or dark fantasy, yeah. So, which is, I think, is another discussion that we'll have to table for later. But <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they're very addicting, very page-turnery, um, super popular. These are the authors that you're usually going to see on the bestseller list. Yeah, I think uh, the one that I picked is kind of an obvious one, but they're really great as well. It's Stieg Larsson's books, um, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and so on. I don't even know what the latest one is called, Um, but because I stopped after the first three. But these are sort of like the ultimate thriller books. I pretty sure I read the first one like while on summer vacation, which is probably why this is so like entrenched in my head as being summer vacation books. Um, But yeah, these are... I think especially after Stieg Larsson, uh, the whole like Swedish, Dutch, like they're, the whole like Norwegian uh, thriller genre really started to thrive. Um, and I think he sort of like really kicked it off really well. Uh, Lisbeth uh, Salander is just such a great protagonist or character to follow along. She's not really the protagonist of the book, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I think it those books are just like the ultimate thriller books for me. Yeah. Um, and my pick for this one is it's uh, a, kind of an oldie but goodie. Um, this is Relic by Douglas Preston and Lee Child. Um, this was written, okay, actually, I don't even remember when it was written. I know it was made into kind of a stupid movie in the 90s. Um, <laughs> but it's the first in their Agent Pendergast series. Um, but basically, the premise is um, you've got this, you know, it's a. The, can't remember which museum it is in New York, Museum of Natural History or something like that. Um, and right before the the museum is set to open this big, this huge new exhibit, um, people are mysteriously being murdered in the museum, and no one can quite figure out what is happening because you know they think that there's that there is you know a man stalking someone, but the murders look like they couldn't have been done by a man. They look like they were done by an animal. Um, mm. But no one can quite figure out, you know, what's going on. Um, you have a uh, museum researcher. Um, I think her name is Margot something. Um, and so she's kind of involved with this. And she's trying to warn the museum directors, you know, you can't go on with this museum exhibit. People are being killed and... Unsurprisingly, the museum directors go ahead with their big, uh, with their big opening night uh, festivity plans. Why do they always do that? <sighs> they never learn. So um, I don't think this is a, this this counts as a spoiler, but it goes badly. Um, <laughs> and I I just love this book. It it does have a crossover, you know, with horror. It's so it's really creepy, actually. Um, but if you like Michael Crichton, and if you like that blend of science and uh, suspense, um, although I don't know how accurate the science is in Relic, but 
I'm going to say probably not that accurate, but we're just going to go with it anyway. <laughs> um, but if you like, uh, if you like Michael Crichton, that type and those types of books, this one, I have never, this is the best read alike I've ever found. It's like, it takes the best of Michael Crichton and then just like expands it. It's mm. so entertaining. Um, it's not, I mean, it's creepy, but it's not like super intense. Like this is a really, this is the definition of like a fun thriller read. Um, and as like I said, it's it's old, but it I think it it, it ages pretty well. Um, so yeah, Relic, and then I think the second book in the series is kind of like picks up where Relic left off. Um, but the other books in the series follow other kind of bizarre, scientific. Maybe there's something slightly supernatural going on. Um, but yeah, this this one I I really love this one. Nice. Uh, so yeah, those are sort of our little definitions of all of these genres and some recommendations for you guys. I think it would be fun to see like what you guys think if you want to like tweet at us or, you know, whatever your preferred form of communication is, uh, you know, email or, you know, if you're on the Slack, definitely let us know what you guys think of these definitions or like how you guys define them in your head or like the types of books that you might categorize um, under these might be kind of interesting to hear back from other listeners to see sort of how they work with these genres. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so we'll do, we're going to do our second sponsor, and then we're going to move on uh, to uh, some new releases and what we've been reading lately. So the second sponsor for the show is The Pierre Hotel Affair by Daniel Simone with Nick Sacco. Um, and this is a nonfiction book, and at it describes uh, this really big event in uh, 1972, January 2nd, 3.50 in the morning. A group of thieves pull up in a limo to the Pierre Hotel in New York City. They are dressed in tuxedos. They enter the hotel, and with near-perfect choreography, they seize the security guards and take the night staff and several guests hostage. And they rob the... Uh, they rob the deposit boxes. They hold the hotel under siege for almost two hours. And then at the end, the gentlemanly thieves depart in their limousine with a haul of $28 million. Um, this is this book is described as a suspenseful narrative of mafia intrigue, police corruption, personal betrayal. Um, it's a really, really incredible true story of one of the greatest heists in American history. And here's the coolest part about this, which I did not know. Um, so the um the author daniel simone writes it with like i said with nick sacco who was um he's an associate of the lucchese crime family and he is also the sole surviving bandit of the pierre hotel siege and he's currently in witness protection program but the book is co-written by one of the people who robbed the pierre hotel if that, you, like, never happens. No, I'm like, if you want an inside look at how stuff like this happens, I mean, this is about as good as it gets, yeah. um, which as soon as I read that, I'm like, okay, I have got to add this one to my list. Um, so if this if this sounds like an interesting read to you, make sure to pick up The Pierre Hotel Affair. Again, that is by Danielle, or Danielle, I'm so sorry, Daniel Simone with Nick Sacco. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Your turn. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to be talking about a couple of new releases. Um, I think that these all might be out by the time the episode drops. I believe the last one might come out next uh, the following week, but they're all out or will be out relatively soon if they're not already. Um, so the first one that I have is Such a Good Girl by Amanda K. Morgan. This one is a young adult mystery thriller type book. Um 
if you like uh, like Pretty Little Liars or if you like Luckiest Girl Alive, this one will probably be a good book for you. Uh, I haven't read it yet. I, and the synopsis for this is relatively vague, but it sounds pretty intriguing. It follows this girl who uh, basically works really, really hard to lead the quote unquote perfect looking life. Uh, she has a very specific plan. I believe she's in high school. Uh, she has a very specific plan for how her life is going to go and she will do basically anything to make sure that uh, stays in place. So if again, if you're a fan of books like Pretty Little Liars, then this one will definitely be for you. I really enjoy sort of like young adult thrillers Mm -hmm. just because i think they do really interesting things with the genre like they don't fall into um the conventions so to speak because they're you know at a younger age and i think that they can do some really interesting things with that so i always really like it when i see that there's a young adult mystery or thriller book coming out uh so yeah that was such a good girl by amanda k morgan um the next one is The Changeling by Victor Lavelle. Uh, Victor Lavelle, I know him from the novella that he wrote called, oh man, I don't remember. I did not write down the name of his novella. It's something with Black Tom in it. I, but, oh, yeah. I can't remember the full name, but I know which one you're talking about. Yes. Well, I apologize for not being prepared in that way. But anyways, he came out with a new novel and it's sort of a fantasy mystery. Uh, there are fantastical elements in here. So just be aware of that. Um, you are following this character named Apollo, who uh, his father disappeared when he was younger. Um And so he started having like weird dreams about his dad after his father left, which he never really was able to figure out. But then they eventually stopped as he grew up. And then Apollo gets married and then has his own son. And he starts sort of having these dreams again. And then he also begins to realize that his like wife is acting kind of weird. And originally he thinks that it might be something to do with like postpartum depression or something along those lines. Uh, But then... All of a sudden, his wife starts, like, just being more and more not like herself. And then she sort of does something that leads him down this path of, like, trying to figure out what the heck is going on with his family. So, again, I think believe that there are some, like, fantastical elements in here. So if that's not really your jam, then maybe you won't really enjoy this one. But I sort of, again, like books that play with or sort of fall under multiple genres because I think that they always end up doing really interesting things with mysteries and thrillers and things like that. So again, that's The Changeling by Victor Lavelle. And I believe that one is already out. And then the final one that I want to talk about this week is Persons Unknown by Susie Steiner. And she wrote the book Missing Presumed, which came out last year, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, This one is a detective mystery and it follows this detective named Manon Bradshaw who basically only handles cold cases and she's five months pregnant and she's trying to figure out sort of like her work-life balance and she's also has uh, two other children uh, an adopted 12-year-old son as well as the baby um, that's on the way but then a man dies just a few blocks away from the police station where she works so she starts to pay attention to the mystery and then It turns out that the victim is this banker who's worth millions of dollars and it might actually be sort of linked to her herself. So, again, that is Persons Unknown by Susie Steiner, and I believe that comes out at the end of the month. Awesome. 
Okay, I've like added all three of these books now to my reading list. <laughs> oh That's god! Pro- it's like a lot of people are like when we were getting comments from people, they're like, "The show is great, but it's killing my TBR." And guys, it's killing ours. Too. You have no idea. <laughs> oh my gosh, my Goodreads list can only take so much. Yeah, right. All right. Um, so do you want to talk really quickly about what uh, you've been reading? Yes. Um, so last episode, I talked about, um, I think I talked about when I, when I was mentioning the books that I picked up at BEA, um, but I started and finished uh, The Widows of Malabar Hill by Sujata Masi. Holy cow. I When I finished this book, I wanted to jump up and down and find everyone that I knew and smack them upside the head with this book until they read it. Um, so to recap really quickly, it's a brand new historical mystery series set in 1920s Bombay. And if uh, the main character's name is Perveen, and she is a, um, she, her character is based in part on the first woman to practice law in India, and so her character uh, works for her father's um, uh, legal office. Basically, um, she can't represent people in court yet because she's a woman, but she's able to handle certain other um, other matters. And she uh, takes on the responsibility of handling um, a will that was left by this uh, Muslim businessman who was rec- who recently passed away. And she starts noticing that there's some, you know, unusual things going on with the will. The man had uh, several wives, and they were all um, they have all elected to basically donate the the um, money that they would have inherited to this charity. And so she goes to talk to them to make sure that that's, you know, really what they want. Um, and then while she's there talking to them, uh, someone get, someone is murdered. And so she's like, okay, there's something more going on here. Um, but what I loved about this book is that it's not just about the mystery. You get so much detail into Praveen's backstory. Um, it's so full of this amazing historical cultural detail. Um, you can tell just how much research and how much thoughtfulness the author put into this story. And it's a really interesting look at, um, you know, how women functioned under the society at that time with its rules and regulations about what women what women can and uh, could and could not do and Perveen is just this really she's this really determined woman who's also you know just trying to make her way in this in this culture she wants to do the best that she can um you know but you know she wants she wants to be faithful to herself but she also she wants to be uh, faithful to the people that she's representing and it's just this amazing beautiful fascinating story of female empowerment and religion and history and culture and oh my gosh i just loved it um i'm so excited to read it yes I'm you so excited to oh read my it. gosh it's out in january 2018 so i'm very sorry if i just broke everyone's hearts um <laughs> but when it comes out you must put this one on your list it is a must read i will be I will be talking about this for the rest of the year. Um, so I finished that. And then I last night, I just started um, The Fact of a Body by Alexandria Marzano-Lesnovich, I think is how you pronounce it. I think um, so. Yeah, it's, 
it's a true story. It's part true crime, part memoir. The author uh, she uh, took a summer job out of college um, at a Louisiana law firm. She believed that she was very uh, anti-death penalty, um, but and that changes when she learns about the crimes of Ricky Langley, um, who uh, murdered. Well, I don't know how many children, but he committed horrible crimes against children, and that suddenly changes. And so she, you know, she wants she's hearing about him and she she's just like i want him dead and so she starts digging into the into his history trying to understand why it changed something so you know this deeply held belief of hers and the more she looks into his into his crimes and his life and his story the more she real that she starts seeing reflections of her own life and her own childhood in in his and so it's a it's an entirely true story but it's this supposed to be this really interesting look at um yeah basically these two lives that kind of end up intersecting in really really strange and intense ways um i know a bunch of people at book riot have have read this one already and have raved about it um so that one i figured it was a good one to put at the top of my list yeah that's one i'm i have like i'm on hold at the library currently waiting for a copy so <laughs> that's definitely one i'll pro- i'm hoping that i'll get it in like july uh, to be able to read. I'm really excited about that one. Um, okay, so the books that I have been reading, I finished Magpie Murders by Anthony Horowitz. And oh my gosh, guys, it's just as great as everyone has been saying. Um, I read it in two days, like two sittings, basically, because it's so addictive. And yes, it is a great read-alike if you are looking for an Agatha Christie read-alike. Um, if you haven't heard of it, it's a new release. We talked about it a little bit last episode. Um, but it's basically like two mysteries in one. Uh, you start off with like the first chapter of the book is from the perspective of this uh, book editor named Susan, who is an editor for this author whose name I cannot remember, uh, Arthur. <laughs> um, he writes these uh, mystery series with this detective named Atticus Pund, who is very much like a Perot type detective. And he, and so she sort of sets up saying like, I started this one weekend, I got the latest book manuscript to edit and I brought it home and I started reading it. And I didn't realize that reading this manuscript would change my life. And then the next chapter and for the next like 250 ish pages, uh, you're basically reading the manuscript. And it's really fantastic because it again, it feels like a Perot novel. So you're getting this sort of like full mystery. And then you at the end of the manuscript, you switch back to Susan's perspective and you get uh, to see sort of how things unfold. There's something slightly off and uh, Susan is sort of forced to become a detective in her own life. But it is basically like two mysteries in one. You get the mystery of the book within a book and then you get the main mystery that's happening as well. Um, The characters are really interesting. This book, I think, is just a great homage to the mystery genre itself. So if you are a fan of the genre, which I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you are, uh, there's a lot of really great sort of like call outs and sort of discussions about the genre because uh, Susan is a book editor as well. Uh, she talks about sort of like the conventions of the genre and she also compares sort of like the things that are happening in her world. And she's like, if this were a mystery book, this is how things would have gone. But since this is quote unquote real life, uh, it, this is how things actually went. And yeah, it's just so fantastic. I was 
completely hooked. Um, I ended up staying up way past my bedtime to finish it because I really needed to know how the whodunit was going to turn out. It's so fantastic and I highly, highly recommend it. That one's on my list too. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't I can't recommend that one highly enough. Like it's just so delightful. And especially if you are someone who uh, might be in like a little bit of read, a reading slump or anything along those lines, I feel like this would be a really great book to pick up because it like grips you right from the beginning. Like I started this, the book originally on like a Saturday morning and I like, as soon as I got a couple chapters in, I was like, oh man, I'm going to have to like figure out how to clear my schedule a bit this weekend so I can read this book because I could tell I was hooked right away. Um yeah, and then the book that I have just started is Woman Number 17 by Eden Lepucky, which I again I just started it literally today. I'm only a couple of chapters in, but it's really interesting so far. Um you're basically following this woman named Lady who uh is a writer. She has two sons, one who's about 18 years old and one who's about a toddler age. Um She's decided to separate from her husband, sort of like do like a trial separation. So uh, he's living on his own and she's there with the two sons and she decides that uh, she needs a little bit of help because she's trying to write a book and she can't really write when she's taking care of the kids and things like that. So she puts out basically what seems like a Craigslist type ad uh, for needing a nanny in Los Angeles. Um, And she hires this girl named Esther who goes by S and you can just tell from the beginning that something's just off. Like something's either off with lady. You're not really sure if something's really off with S Um, Lady herself doesn't seem to be a very reliable narrator, at least from what I can tell from the offset. Maybe I'm making some assumptions there, but uh, she's definitely hiding some things from the reader as well as from the people in her life. Um, One of the big sort of giveaways of her being an unreliable narrator, in my opinion, is the fact that she doesn't do any sort of like background check on this woman, (laughs) which I'm already like, "Mm, things are not going to end well for her. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's the one I'm currently reading. I, I'll let you guys know in the next episode how it goes, but it has this very sort of noir type feel to it, the way that it's described. It has like, it feels very much like summer, like there's a heat and a building tension sort of happening there. And I believe that this one might also like change perspectives a little bit, but again, I'll have more details in more ep- in the future episode. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, So, yeah, that is the show for today. Thanks again to everyone for listening and subscribing. Um, If you enjoyed this podcast, definitely leave us a review on iTunes so other people can discover um, us as well and maybe get some good recommendations for mystery, thriller and suspense books. And again, feel free to contact us and let us know uh, what you guys think of the definitions and what books you would put into those different uh, categories. Um, You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Rincey. A, that's R-I-N-C-E-Y-A. And you can find me on Twitter at KT underscore library lady. All right. Thanks so much, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.